podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. And in this most difficult of weeks, it seems almost ridiculous to be talking about football, considering what's going on in the world right now. No, what we ought to be talking about is curling. Curling, (laughs) the greatest of all sports and the first sport to take the knee. Curling's my game. I may not be expert, but it's, it's always been in my heart, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, yes, it's come from, hasn't it, from uh, pushing stone in nature kind of thing, you know, on uh, on lakes and yes, things. You know? Yes, yes, yes. And how they found the stones with those little handles and, and the little bits that light up. Well, in, the, in those days, a lot of stones had handles. They've yeah, just, they they just died out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, they eroded, presumably. I think yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, in the Olympics, of course, the ice skating wonder kid Camilla Valieva claimed her positive drug test was because of contamination by her grandfather's medicine, which explains why she tested positive for Werther's Originals. <laughs> it's also a bit of a tragic week, isn't it, when the most respected member, male member of the royal family, is Prince Edward. I mean, you've got to think that that spells the end of the monarchy, doesn't it? Really? Or the beginning of it's a royal knockout. Well, again. he's been playing a long game. <laughs> yes, and not very well. <laughs> no, but he hasn't needed to. No, he hasn't it's needed just, to. He's just come to the top, floated up. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> yes, yes, I think we all know where we're going. Yeah, uh, let's not. And um, it was also a week in which Novak Djokovic said he would miss tournaments rather than get the COVID vaccine. And everyone else went, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, exciting times. Can I just say, because I want to say it on your behalf, Orient, Stevenage, Walsall, Rochdale, Barrow, Colchester, Carlisle, watch up. The Alatics are after you. <laughs> eh? yes. okay. they're, they're all within your grasp, they mate. Are. They're there. They are. And, you know, and before we flick through the sumptuously tempting array of action-packed and star-studded movie entertainment on offer across many streaming platforms, that is the Premier League, let us first stick in the old radiator-damaged VHS cassette on which we have somehow accidentally managed to record the Keith Lemon movie that is the very bottom of the EFL, as you say. Which is where my team Oldham Athletics still lurk, although they're suddenly lurking with intent to pounce nowadays, since the third Shez erection got underway. They've got goals in them now. They have. For seven heady minutes towards the end of Saturday's away game at Newport County, we actually hauled ourselves out of the bottom two and above Carlisle. But then there was a late long-range equaliser from Mickey Dimitriou, who sounds like a bad one, yeah. and, and it dropped us back down into the mire. We'd gone behind early on and drew level through Davis Keeler. Can I just ask you, isn't Mickey Dimitriou oh, yeah. one of the hitmen in Murder, She Wrote. In what it's, it's, it's Mickey Dimitrio. I thought he... I, isn't he... Uh, you would know this. Isn't he one of uh, Arthur's mates in Minder? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I only know the music. I don't yeah, know yeah. the programme. <laughs> Mickey Dimitrio. Yeah, he could well be. Along with Johnny Castro of Wolves as well. He's another oh, yeah, you know, famously know mafiosi <laughs> type name. Anyway. Sorry, yeah, so, sir. no, we, were, we drew level through Davis Keeler Dunn, our favourite. Uh-huh. Still resolutely misspelled and mispronounced by Jeff Stelling or stealing as that should be and then went behind again our defensive problems seemed to have returned the ref had started handing out bookings for straightforward tackles in the first couple of minutes as if to say I'll be sending someone off in this game just you, just so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at half time the chaise erection was in danger of turning into chaise erectile dysfunction if you'll forgive me but in the second I'm half I'm sure that I will <laughs> 
our new battering ram centre forward came off the bench and equalised and then Bahambula got himself sent off um, Bahambula Dylan Bahambula who uh, our I follow commentator the 80 year old Roy Butterworth right. calls Bamboozle oh here, he, ba- is. here he is Bamboozle yes <laughs> So we're down to 10, back to the wall for the last 20 minutes to save a point, apart from the one time we got up the other end and went 3-2 up. It was it was very exciting. I know. A bombardment ensued, ball cannoning off the post, off the bar, off the keeper's nuts. 36 shots Newport had had by the end. And their equaliser came with such a hefty slice of inevitability, it was almost a relief. But they're a good side, Newport. They I mean, are. They are a they very are. good side. That's, I think that, I think, I'm not going to say you've turned the corner, but I, you're approaching the corner. We're Let's, approaching we, we, we we can have yet to, the corner. We have yet to sight to the apex. No. Yes. <laughs> Stoke were pegged back, weren't they, right at the end? We were, pegged, we were pegged back, but great news, actually, because we scored a penalty, which oh, is, yeah. was it incredibly rare. And you were able to see it. And I was able to see it, yeah. And we were playing Forest, you know, informed Forest. They so were, I was, they're good, I was they, But this lad, Lewis Baker, that we've got, who I told you, he's 26 and has mm. been at, at uh, Chelsea since he was, I don't know, two, and has played 49 <laughs> games in all of that time. And you think, and he's a cracking player. And you just think, this is one of the problems with this sort of yeah. Chelsea insisting on keeping all of their players. You imagine if you, if you go to Chelsea, you just open a cupboard and players fall out well, yeah. in their kit. It's amazing, don't you? You, you see uh, the, the lad uh, Broya at uh, yeah, Southampton. Yeah, yeah, You think, oh, where's this guy come from? He looks great, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he's on loan from bloody Chelsea. Yeah. You know, and, and never likely to get into and, the and, Chelsea team. And quite Quite a fantastic. shock when you... And he talks and he's just got a, he's got a London accent. Because <laughs> he, he, I didn't realise that he was a London. I just presumed he was a North Macedonian... Well, uh, he's, got some, he's qualified to play for someone. Is he Albania or something? I think everybody's qualified to play for someone. Yeah, well, well, OK, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Latics are still uh, two points off safety Sighted. with a game in hand as nearly everyone else drew as well apart from Walsall who sacked their manager last week and have replaced him with former Newport boss Mike Flynn and next we play Bradford City because uh, the people are still sacking managers even though the transfer window's gone yeah, yeah. so we're playing Bradford next week unless Storm Eunice has other ideas three times this is exciting three times since 2018 Bradford have sacked their manager after losing at Boundary Park Three mm. times in four years. Right. Twice it was Stuart McCall. So, so, so they, <laughs> that you know where their particular bar is, don't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so clearly Derek Adams must have uh, seen the end coming. Because in fact they sacked him a couple of days ago. <laughs> like kind of preemptively. You know. yeah. Like we're going to sack him after the Oldham game. Why wait? Yes. Derek, <laughs> Derek, you know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Why not do it today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's always a bittersweet thing, isn't it, to get an opposition manager the sack? Because it comes with the implied put down that you're the final straw. You know, that you, you couldn't even beat this heap of shit. Get the fuck oh, out. It's happened twice to Norwich, hasn't it, already this season? Is Watford and, yeah. and Everton. So hopefully Bradford won't get a no manager bounce, or maybe they'll maybe they'll get Stuart McCall back. Mm. Yeah, that'd be good. But anyway, in still in the uh, the EFL, I noticed that uh, Derby and Middlesbrough reached an out of court settlement of their long running dispute this week. With yeah. uh, Derby insisting that they're not admitting to anything, maintaining that they never actually met Middlesbrough, even though they've been photographed together many times, including on Jeffrey Epstein's yacht. <laughs> <laughs> this came just before the two teams met last weekend. Yeah. In a game that went Middlesbrough's way, didn't it? Rather emphatically, four one. It, it did. Putting a bit of a dent in Derby's recent push to overcome the twenty one point deduction imposed because of financial. 
breaches. Yeah, I mean, it was it was also, actually, the timing was very clever because Derby going to take a massive following to Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough on a really, really good run. And it re- did kind of spike any problem. There yeah. were so many banners that had been made for the game. Yeah. <laughs> People were having to put back in the boots of their car quickly, weren't they? Yeah, well, of course, Middlesbrough's case was uh, alleging that Derby riding roughshod over financial fair play had effectively cost them a playoff place three years ago. Wickham still have a case outstanding um, over being relegated in place of Derby last season. And that case seems close to being resolved too, so that Derby would be able to move forward with takeover options and avoid being liquidated and kicked out of the league. And, you know, they're in good form, but that would take a bit of coming back from, wouldn't it? It'd be like yes, a, it would. They would need a proper rune, and, uh, rune erection. And, and isn't it traditional that Swindon then get promoted? Or Sunderland. I can't remember. Something strange happens. <laughs> well, as it happens, it looks like there are there, there are like six or seven clubs rumoured to be in danger of a financial fair play deduction going into next season. And Middlesbrough are one of them. And uh, if Middlesbrough had financial breaches of their own and Derby went down this season by a couple of points, maybe they could countersue over the 4-1 last weekend. Yeah. Know? But um, Bristol City, uh, presumably, uh, 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 apparently rather, on, on this list, Reading and Stoke were mentioned in were mentioned they? in dispatches. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how we've managed that because we've hardly paid anything for any players for so long. But I suppose, I, you know, I'm, accountancy, although my first love, is <laughs> 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 not something I'm afraid with, really. <laughs> well, whatever. The game is clearly, isn't it, badly in need of the independent regulator as proposed exactly by so. Tracy Crouch report into football governance. And there was some news this week as the FA's chief executive, <laughs> Mark Bullingham, not to be confused with our esteemed guest later, um, suggested that the new independent regulator could fall within the remit of the Football Association. Yes, yes, very much. The <laughs> Prince Andrew takes over at Save the Children, yeah, isn't it? it is. But it's such a set blatter move, isn't it? Do you remember when he commissioned a, a, an independent, in inverted commas, review of FIFA from a crony of his and then refused to make any of its findings public? Yeah, yeah. Except for the guy saying, you know, nothing to see here. <laughs> In a way that made you think Blatter had his family in a cellar somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, didn't they do, they do that thing that, that like countries do for national security where they redact stuff? And you think you can't redact stuff from a yeah, feature yeah, yeah. report? From an independent review? <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> not right. No, so clearly they want to have this uh, these independent regulator uh, basically, uh, you know, downstairs at the FA. At the so FA. they can be really close um, to them whilst they're independently regulating. Well, it's such a power grab, isn't it? Because there's the FA and there's the, uh, the Premier League and the uh, Football League. Yeah. And they'd all find themselves answerable to the Football Association, which is what the Football Association has always wanted. Yes. And, and strange enough, the EFL are, are against it. Well, who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> now, if Derby had gone out of business, what do you think would have happened next? You know, obviously all the Derby fans would either start supporting Leicester or Forest, obviously. That's, yeah, that's obviously yeah, yeah, that always May, happens. Maybe Notts County, you know. Keep the county thing, keep the county shirts. You know? yeah, yeah. But, but surely one of the things that would immediately spring to mind if they went out of business would be the assumption that a group of fans would form a Phoenix club. Yes. That's, that's how the world works, isn't it, yep, now? And it yep. would somehow be allowed to enter the pyramid, not quite at the bottom. Yeah, like, like the, the Accringtons the and in Newports and, and, and Wimbledon. And Yes, yes, exactly. And it would be called AFC Derby County because that's somehow the way that... Yes. Uh, or, they, or isn't the other one Derby County 2022? That's another... They used to do that, didn't they? they put the date yeah. on. Oh, well, they do, yeah. yeah um, I think Oldham Athletic, technically, I think that's that's the name of the... Of the company. The, the company. Yeah, yeah, OK. I think Oldham Athletic, our Oldham Athletic 2004, I think we went out of... Uh, we went into administration, rather. Right. We were the last club. Here's the thing. We were the last club to go into administration when uh, while there wasn't a, a points deduction for it. Yes. And then Wrexham, I think, six weeks later, did get... I think it switched did the same as well on the way. No, Leicester did. Leicester did yeah. it, didn't they, on their yeah. way to their, their, their title triumph. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And um, it feels like, yeah, when, 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 bizarrely, AFC Bournemouth, the first to stick AFC at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Many, many years before. But they had clipped off and Boscombe Athletic and at Boscombe the end. So, you know, they were allowed three letters at the beginning. It surely. was just like a, a Malcolm Hardy show at the Edinburgh Festival, you know, <laughs> yeah. determined to be the first in the programme. Yeah, A, B, C, D, Bournemouth. He was always, ah, oh, yes. productions, wasn't yes. he? Didn't it? I read in um, Harry Hill's book. That uh, which I, I read very recently, I got for Christmas. It's very enjoyable. Uh, but he describes Malcolm Hardy telling him he had a contact in the fringe office who would let him know if someone wanted to use the name Aardvark Theatre with lots of A's so that he could stick a few, a few more, more A's, A's on, on the front. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no. The reason we we come to AFC Wimbledon is that it's twenty years this month since the 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 big meeting they had uh, to start the Don's Trust, yeah. which led to the formation of AFC Wimbledon at the time. Um, Wimbledon were being moved it had been announced I think the year before yeah. were being moved to Milton Keynes yeah. in the first in, in like uh, English yeah. football's first dabble with yeah. franchisory that's right and much, and much bad blood between the, the this new nascent Wimbledon and the the Wimbledon that then became MK Don. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, they had this. They had this meeting at um, at the Wimbledon Theatre, where I think I saw you doing your lock-in with Tuffers and Dawson. You may well have done. <laughs> I imagine that the Wimbledon uh, Phoenix meeting was better attended. Was probably than, than the show I, I did. I do remember Phil Matt Dawson telling a great story about the 2003 World Cup final, the rugby thing, where George Gregan, the Australian yeah. captain, stamp- you must have heard this many uh, times, yeah, yeah. stamping on his foot as he's about to put the ball into the scrum and saying, "Hey, mate, your mum's your dad." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and he spent but, uh, about, about 30 seconds thinking about it instead of playing in the World Cup <laughs> yes, final. Exactly. And it was yeah. right at the end. It was the last scrum yeah, was, that led to the drop. To them getting their... No, it was, it was to them equalising. Oh, to them equalising. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think oh, so. Oh, man. But anyway, so the, what the Dons Trust did was they formed AFC Wimbledon, a, a new fan-owned entity, and started in Tier 9 that summer of 2002. Yeah. Um, and at the time, Wimbledon was still called Wimbledon for another, I think, another couple of years yeah, yeah, until yeah. they became MK Dons. Um, and uh, the AFC have had since six promotions, well, now in the same division as the Dons. And, and presumably the big move and shaker in this whole AFC Wimbledon thing was, was Brian off of New Tricks. Because, <laughs> you know, he's got his AFC Wimbledon um, uh, match planner behind his desk, hasn't he? And he's always wearing a scarf. Uh, Did you him. not know that? No. Oh, no. yes, a lovely bit of characterisation there. No, I, I, I haven't watched New Tricks. I, I, like, I like old tricks. But, um, <laughs> but they're, they're since AFC Wimbledon have been a beacon, haven't they, for those who believe in, in fan ownership of, of clubs. It was interesting that the FA at the time dismissed the idea of a fan-owned club uh, as not in, this is the quote, not in the wider interests of the game. Yeah. And they were scathing about the ability of a bunch of fans to understand how to run a club and what was required. Whereas, of course, they've been perfectly happy for the owners of Derby and Berry and Bolton and Reading and Blackpool and the clans at Oldham to run their clubs with a deeply faulty understanding of what's required. Yeah. And the Don's Trust found among their ranks all the expertise they needed. Well, they, they, had, they, they had marketing men, they had lawyers, they had bankers, yes, and they even had a, a DJ, presumably yeah. one happy to play music from 1974, as an all-proper club. As all-proper club should have. And as we know, the F, there's one thing the FA don't know about is what's in the interests of the wider <laughs> game, which is why I think we might need an, an independent, independent regulator. regulator. An independent regulator. It's yeah. in the clues in the name. <laughs> <laughs> and AFC Wimbledon, they're an inspiration, I think. They're back at Plough Lane in a brand new stadium. They've you know, gone home. 20 years, 20 good years for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, last week, um, I was enjoying the fact... Well, not enjoying... Yes, I was. I was enjoying it. The fact that Arsenal <laughs> had a player sent off again to, yeah. to make it 15 since uh, 1919, oh. which is seven more than the next worst club. Anyway, I went and look, I had a little bit of look at 
some of the Arsenal uh, oh, yeah. sites, and they were saying how this was the most disgusting thing. Did you see how Martinelli was sent off? He, he basically committed yeah. a foul, was yellow carded, and before the game started again, pushed somebody Push someone and, then and got was sent off. Again, and yeah. they're saying, only this could only happen to Arsenal. This is disgraceful. This oh, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, except that the, the, you know, for two yellow cards to happen without the game restarting, it's impossible. It's Arsenal being picked on. You will never see it again. Now, I seem to remember during this show talking about Jimenez being sent off yeah. for Wolves at yeah, Man yeah. City yeah, yeah. in exactly the same situation. For, for yes, being booked, and then there was and a free kick that he blocked. Wasn't that he there? blocked, yeah, 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 and we're sent off without the game restarting. So you know, not that rare. No. No. no, those that's Arsenal though. They're victims, aren't they? They're a victim. They, they are. They are victims. So another week, another trophy presentation for Gianni Infantino of FIFA, a proper publicity hog whose single redeeming feature is that he's not set blatter, not yet anyway. Yeah. And after the Afghan shambles last week, we were talking about the trophy presentation. Oh last yes, week. yes. Um, and the grotesque FIFA awards the, a couple of weeks before that, with its special best FIFA man of all time award for Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> so that he would go to Dubai and they could all hang with him. And this week he was on hand to present the. FIFA World Club Cup to Chelsea yeah. using his years of self-publicising experience to elbow John Terry out of the photos <laughs> <laughs> the, the interesting thing about this I didn't see the game because I, 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 it wasn't on any of the many streaming things that I pay for but um, I, think was, I think it was on Channel 4 oh was it I, I don't, think so I don't look at those <laughs> is this 4 <laughs> the thing my father used to say when it first came yeah, up yeah. But he couldn't understand is this 4 <laughs> <laughs> anyway Caesar Aspilicueta's stunt pretending he was going to take the penalty, yeah. the penalty three minutes from the end um, uh, thus subjecting himself to all the games and shit by the Palmeiras players surrounding him trying to put yeah, him yeah, on yeah. I'm not a particular fan of Cesar Aspilicueta precisely because he does so much of this stuff himself he's a particularly uh, you know games and shit uh, mouthy in the referee's well, and face so he knew what he was doing well yeah, yeah I, I suppose so he and drew the fire yeah, uh, well, I think what's interesting about it is that he then that he did this penalty thing and is being lauded for it, protecting Kai Havertz from the, from the pressure. Uh, the interesting thing is, well, presumably all the Palmeiras players are going through their repertoire of stuff, including "Hey amigo, tu madre es tu padre." <laughs> <laughs> but yes. he must he must really believe it works, Aspilicueta, yeah. if he felt the need to do it. You know, and uh, you wonder, don't you? You think surely they must have the mental fortitude not to listen to someone saying, "You're going to miss, you're going to miss, you're going to miss." You know, in your ear or stuff. You remember um, David Beckham in 2002? Because we were there, weren't we? Yes, we so, were. Well, you weren't watching, of course. Though. <laughs> in penalty, those days, yeah. you didn't look at penalties. No. But uh, Beckham uh, to take the penalty against Simeone, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Simeone, who's his, his nemesis from four years ago, you know, in his face talking about effigies, you know, talking about <laughs> from yes. when he was sent off in '98 and skulls and. Picking him up by the elbows and, and carrying him out of the air. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was. It, it must. It do, must work. Do you, do you remember very, very briefly? There was. I wouldn't want to say a fashion. I think it happened twice. That there was a couple of times teams passed from a penalty. Well, Henri tried it with Perez, didn't he? Yes. They completely cocked it they up. Completely co- I, I think, think it's happened another time. I think. Villa I think the it. famous time was. Uh, I think Cruyff and Naiskins did it. Ah, they, well, they're uh, allowed. Uh, perfectly. Yes. Of course. You yes. Know. Yes. But um, mind but, you, talking of Cruyff and Naiskins, it, I hear they've got rid of the um, away goals. Rule. Well, yeah. If they they'd have only done that 47 years ago, we would have drawn with Ajax in the UEFA Cup. <laughs> we lost on away goals. Can you believe that? Yeah, well, we'll come to the away goals in a minute. Let's yeah, just, yeah. Uh, while we're still on David Beckham. Oh, yes. There was just a little storm in a teacup this week, wasn't there, when Piers Morgan described old Golden Bollocks as the most overrated player in, in history. 
Now, it seems to me that Piers Morgan is a man who should be very careful about banding about the word overrated, mm. much like he should steer clear of calling anyone else a smug, pompous, fat prick who's still inexplicably able to find employment, despite demonstrating time and time again that she should be locked in a padded cell with a sock in his mouth. Yes. But apparently during the Super Bowl last weekend, Morgan posted a picture of Los Angeles Rams wide receiver. I don't know what that is. No, no. I'm presuming like a fat bloke. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. scoring a touchdown, and he tweeted, great to see a Beckham who can actually play football. Yeah. That's not football, you fake American no. punts. Also, but can it, I ask the question, if you're called Odell Beckham, are you then going to call your son Odell Beckham? I mean, you're <laughs> sure you're going to get stick for a name like that, aren't you? You know, Odell Beckham well, Jr. Odell anyway. Beckham Sr. must have been very, very proud. No, I suppose you must have. No, Piers Morgan said, said that Beckham was a fame-hungry snail. Well, which, of, all the, of all the people to yes. bandy around yeah. the um, idea but, that someone is but, uh, fame but, hungry. But my favourite thing that he said was that anybody who knew anything about football knows that Freddie Lundberg was a better player. I, th- I do you know? I think Freddie Lundberg knows that that's not true. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, the idea that uh, if he was really, if Beckham was really fame hungry, he could have dressed up in a pile of giant donuts and sung "Spice Up Your Life" like Michael Owen. <laughs> and if but, he was bothered what people think of him at all, he would have passed up the opportunity to be an ambassador for the Qatar World Cup for the next 15 years. Yes, and clearly he isn't bothered at all. Just on, very quickly on the subject of Chelsea, just to say, you know, it just seems to be so uniformly accepted that Liverpool and Man City are the two best club sides in the world. And yet <laughs> Chelsea have just won just the won World the, Club yeah. Championship have, yeah. and are the reigning European champions. And I just, I feel a little bit sorry for them. And that's not something you would often hear me say. No. It's, it's a bit like, I think it must be what it was like to be Buster Douglas when you knocked out Mike Tyson. Well, Nobody yeah, really yeah. thinks that you're. Well, the best. yeah, I mean, they still they still seem a little careworn, don't they, with about the whole uh, you know Tomalu Tukaku relationship. <laughs> yes, because you know? it was like Lukaku had a, a fresh lease of life in the semi-final when Tuchel was stuck in London yeah. with, uh, in, in COVID yeah. in the COVID isolation, and then Tuchel was all oh, willy wonty, willy wonty go go out to to meet up in in uh, the, the Middle East. Yes, and he did. He got the last the, the next to last flight he could have got. Yes, uh, got there. Lukaku scored and then he took him off. Yeah. But also, I noticed that Tuchel finished it by going up to Abramovich and telling him that he'd now won everything he could possibly. Don't tell him that. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst thing you could tell and him. Also, he said to him, uh, um, this is uh, it's because of your passion. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's because of your money, yeah, man. Yeah. It's because of your passion money. money. Passion money. It's all the same. But anyway, thing. so the Champions League has returned this midweek with the first knockout games. Only only Barcelona were really knocked out before Christmas. <laughs> but four English clubs still left in the tournament were playing against, the, uh, coincidentally, playing against the champions of the other four top leagues. Um, Man City absolutely trashed Sporting Lisbon. Liverpool only got the tricky draw with Inter Milan after the cock-up when they should have been playing Salzburg. Do you remember that? Oh, when they had to do yes, the yes, 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 yes. But they went two up um, last night with the only two shots on target in the whole game. And Jurgen Klopp had a point after. There were a number. Uh, did you see any of this? There were a number of occasions. Um, I don't know if this, this is an offside thing. This offside thing, yeah. Where uh, Edin Ed, Ed Dzeko particularly was clean through, looked miles offside, but the linesman didn't put his flag because they don't. Yeah. And then it, it, the the, the uh, action played through and it went out for a corner and he still didn't put the flag up. Yeah. And so they got the corner because yeah. they'd played on. Yeah. And I, I think he's, you know, I, I, I did think, think he had a point. <laughs> I think you know that the referee's assistant has a lot on his mind to be, to you know, to be expected to remember to put up a flag yeah. every now and again. That's too much, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, what else is he doing? He's got the, he's, there's the flag thing. 
And yeah, then... there's, uh, there's, there's flanking the referee as you walk out. <laughs> oh, That's as a, quite a, as a sort important. of security. And man, on so. the way back in again, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. even more dangerous. I suppose. Yeah. Well, and so now that the knockout games have started, we finally, as you alluded to a moment ago, the, said farewell to an old friend, the away goals rule that has been around since 64, 65, apparently. Now there's no away goals uh, to, to separate the uh, drawn games. Uh, straight to extra time and penalties if scores are level. So we're going to see a lot more. It's good for you. You're going to see a lot more penalties now. <laughs> Now that you're allowed to watch them, yeah. Now that you're able, yeah, even, you're allowing yourself. To, doesn't mean I necessarily will. I'm, does talking, it? No, I'm you know? talking about you allowing yourself. You I'm know, allowed to yourself. smoke. It doesn't yeah, yeah. mean I. Well, I do. Well, okay, all right. I probably will watch them. I think that's a, that's a poor analogy, <laughs> but it does it does change the dynamic, doesn't it, of of games? Yeah. I mean, you lose the thing where a tie is level in extra time say and heading towards the end of extra time and then the away team scores and suddenly the home team need two you know that that always that was always a like a a, a bit of a passion killer wasn't and it? i think it's but isn't it yes there is that but who the, the team that wants to be defensive that that, that conceives themselves or perceives themselves yeah. as the weaker team will still find a way of making a very very defensive game out of i suppose I, I mean it's less important to keep a clean sheet at home now so a 3-2 win is as good as a 1-0 one uh, you know essentially um, it's just about the margin, not about the supposedly crucial away goals. I should tell you, while well, we're talking about away goals, if we've got, still got a minute. Um, many years ago, <laughs> I was uh, at the TV studios in London, and we'd, we'd been doing a, a show with Mark, actually, in the, behind the window. And um, uh, our friend Nick... Uh, brought Jim Rosenthal over to talk to us. And Jim Rosenthal had been in the, in the building doing the Champions League that evening. Right. Uh, but we'd been doing our show, and so we hadn't, didn't know what had happened. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he came, he's a lovely chap, very very friendly. And uh, I said, oh, what happened? We didn't see any, uh, any, of the, any of the games. And he said, what do you want to know? He <laughs> <laughs> said, well, what were the scores? And he went... He went like this in conversation. Yeah. He said, a Liverpool nil, a Barcelona won, but Liverpool progress thanks to the away goals rule. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was a oh, fantastic dear. thing to say in conversation. Absolutely. Just fantastic. Absolutely. Anyway. Right, we'll have to take a break there. And afterwards, we'll have our guest. Our guest today is a singer, a comic, a writer and a centre-forward of the old style. It's a description that's fitted many of our guests, but today it's that little bit different. <laughs> because when we say writer, we don't mean he contributes the odd joke to the news quiz, or even that he's written an amusing memoir based around children's television. No, he's a proper international best-seller thriller writer, a winner of awards and the has the respect of his peers. Something that he never really got as a centre-forward. <laughs> it's, it's Mark Billingham. <laughs> that was cheap, Mark. Mark, I'm sorry. No, cheap but accurate. <laughs> horribly, horribly accurate. Now, we, we go, we, I want to start with Wolves, because Wolves are your team. And people might not know that, obviously, because your your most famous creation, Tom Thorne, is, is a Spurs fan, isn't he? Yeah. And Hendricks, is, is, is he Arsenal? He's a gooner, yeah. He's a gooner. So, you know, you, and it's very much set in North London. But you yourself, of course, hmm. are an old gold fan. I am, and actually... That's kind of the reason I made him a Spurs fan, because yeah. at the time I started writing the book, Spurs were pretty much what Wolves were, you know, the Sleeping Giants, all, all that sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then I got a call one day about, I suppose I've been writing the books about 10 years, from Spurs, saying, uh, you're a Spurs fan then? And I went, actually, no. no, it's my character. And they went, that'll do. 
and they <laughs> and they I, they took me they took took me brought me to the stadium and I got a whole sort of VIP thing yeah, and a yeah. shirt with Thorne's name on and cool. all my friends who are really Spurs fans are absolutely yeah, yeah. spitting I bet they were have, you, have, but, have, we, have we told the Keith Dover story yet on this show uh, I don't know what the Andy Linden one the Andy Linden yeah, one yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can do yeah go on of course I think uh, it's yeah. relevant to what Mark's just said <laughs> now I hope I've got this right <laughs> Uh, Keith Dover, Arsenal sporting um, comedian yes. um, of our generation, uh, once won a phone-in competition and the, uh, on the radio, and the prize was lunch with the Spurs squad. And obviously he couldn't, he couldn't bring himself to go to that. So he gave the prize to Andy Linden, who was a similarly a comedian of our generation, a Spurs fan. So Andy goes along with the, with the, you know, the, the letter that they gave him, uh, goes to the reception, says, I've come for lunch with the, with the Spurs squad. And the receptionist went very quiet. <laughs> then went off and found someone. And then Andy's sitting there, you know, and uh, went off. And then she came back and said, someone will, you know. But then time goes by, you know, a quarter of an hour, half an hour goes by. And in the end, someone comes and picks him up, takes him th- through a doorway and into a room where the whole Spurs squad are lined up. And he gets to meet them one at a time, you know, Gary Mabbott and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end... Uh, the last one is holding a little bag of sandwiches, gives him, uh, shoves him out the door at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was his lunch with the spare squad. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And who I saw last night. Did you, by God? At a very strange event. Um, a, a comedian we all know, Otis Cannelloni, who we've yes. known for a long time, uh, now paints. Oh, and he had, a, he had a, an exhibition, a kind of preview of an exhibition. He paints, well, he does lots of different stuff, but he was, this is a, uh, uh, an exhibition of, of old dead comedians. Everyone, oh you know, Laurel and Hardy, yeah, yeah. Terry Thomas, whoever, Sid James. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the place was full of old comedians looking at these pictures of looking old comedians. The, looking at the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. Yeah, <laughs> there was, there was Andy Lindon, who I haven't seen in, for ages. Does, does Otis Cannelloni uh, paint under the name Otis Cannelloni? <laughs> he should think of another one, shouldn't he? Yeah, I would yeah. Pablo Cannelloni. Oh, no, I, no, yeah, Mario it does. Lasagna. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. But yeah, let's go back to Wolves. Yeah, well, well, you know, well yeah. Wolves. I mean, you said. It, I mean, the good thing about Spurs, from your from your point of view, is that they're not going to let you down. In that they're going to always not quite do it, yeah. which kind of suits the whole down yeah. mouth Tom Thorne. Yeah, I mean, if I was starting the books again now, it wouldn't be Spurs. It probably. Oh, I don't know. Palace. Because was there something or, or... that you, there's something about Spurs that you want to attach to your character? There's like a sort of it gives him a sort of essential sort of decency somehow. Spurs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, and it, and, it, and it's perfect that his closest friend is a gooner. So yeah. there's always that banter they can have between them whenever I'm stuck for something to do in the plot. <laughs> Raymond, Raymond Chandler used to famously say if he was stuck for, you know, what's going to happen next, he'd just have somebody come through the door with a gun. That was what he would do. And in my case, it's just, I'll just put him, I'll get, take him out for a curry and let him talk yeah. about football. That explains quite a lot about Raymond Chandler. <laughs> well, he famously, of course, didn't know what was going on when they were filming it's The Big Sleep and, and John Houston calls him up and says, who did kill the chauffeur? Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> No a bloke came in with a gun. I <laughs> Ask him. Yeah, God he'll know. He'll know. Yeah. Now, let's talk about playing. Let's go back to Wolves. Right. Let's go back to Wolves. Your first experience of going, why Wolves in particular? Was that just geography, you know? And, and, and who were the first sort of heroes of that era? It wasn't geography because I, I should be, I'm from Birmingham, so I should have been a, a Blues or a Villa fan. Yeah. Uh, but my mum's then boyfriend was a Wolves fan with a season ticket 
right. and took me to Molyneux. So it's that's just that thing of the first game you see and that yeah, moment yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you first walk up the steps and see all the green and, and it's, it's like, not, ah! And it's not very far, is it? It's not very it? far. And so this would have been about 1972 okay. uh, so when they were they were a good side Duke, in doing and indeed, Derek. I mean, he was. He was the man. Indeed Duke. played in the UEFA Cup final against Tottenham Hotspur. Indeed. indeed. Uh, so, you know, it was Derek Dugan and Mike Bailey was the captain. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Bill McGarry was the manager. Steve Kindon you'd have heard. Uh, oh, was, no, before, I think it was before that. Um, but John, you know, Kenny Johnny, Wagstaff. Johnny Richard, Dave Wagstaff, Dave uh, Wagstaff, best, yeah. best player never to play for England. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was something they said at the time. Tony, um, Kenny Hibbert. Kenny Hibbert, <laughs> absolutely. Kenny Hibbert. Derek Parkin. Derek Parkin. Derek Parkin. Derek Parkin. Derek Parkin. Phil Parks yeah. in Phil goal. Parks in goal. Yeah. And, um, uh, what John was it with goalkeepers called? Phil Parks. There were, there were two of them. There were. And they both had lustrous hair. The QPR one. It was QPR one. He, he had fantastic. He did have like a mane. Which was the one who had one cap for England? Was that the Wolves one? No, that was QPR one. QPR yeah. one, because not only did he had lustrous hair, he had a lustrous moustache as well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, but it was Peter Knowles. At that uh, Peter Knowles does football, didn't absolutely. Pe- didn't, well, he, didn't he walk off at half time having seen God in the crowd at Molyneux? Isn't that? No, I think he got he got God on a tour they did, like a pre season right. tour of the states, oh. and uh, you know just got taken I nearly said got taken in but got, <laughs> was taken into a meeting should yeah, we say yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and that was it and he I mean he just walked away oh, he just walked away oh, from the game I'm yeah, sure that that's true but I prefer Chris's version <laughs> he saw God in <laughs> the crowd he, he, that's crowd. the story eating a pie yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, the story is he's and playing and he saw God in the yeah. crowd and walked off and walked off and, and walked never played again for the second half yeah saw God beckoning oh, there's this great song a great Billy Bragg song about him called God's Footballer is all about all about Peter Knowles not too many people because he He'd already, he'd already it's played so, at Cyril every Knowles level for England. Brother, I think. yeah, nice one. Yeah, Cyril Knowles' brother, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so they were, a, they were a very good side then. The Doug was my absolute hero, uh, and when he started, when he was playing with Johnny Richards, I mean, they were fantastic. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the first one of the first books I ever bought was Attack by Derek Dugan. <laughs> Probably not written by Derek Dugan. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, funny because do you know my, my the, <laughs> the article I remember. And this, you, you'll laugh at this. I feel the most remember from Shoot when I was a young kid was by John Richards, and it's it was called "It's be, Good to Be Greedy." Be, be greedy. greedy. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and you will have seen my startup anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a little bit more about God being a Wolves fan. We don't know. He could. Who were they playing? He could have well, been. No, it was, the, it was the Albion. Al- 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 it would have to have been the Albion. It's it the antithesis of that, though, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it really yeah. telling that God required him to walk away from football? That God isn't there supporting Wolves. God is saving him from the from the, you know Sodom and Gomorrah. Basically. Well, I don't know what he did after football. Um, he just sort of he just said, you know what I don't even know if he's alive or dead. Um, but I mean, he just walked away. He just walked yeah, away I'm, from I'm the game. He did some praying. I'm presuming it's still, it's it's still one of the great substitutions of all time. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to say, <laughs> did, God, did God stand up and do that? He's done that He'd have the number board now, wouldn't yeah. he? God. <laughs> I mean, a like for like change. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like a believer for an unbeliever. <laughs> it's a great story. I mean, nothing, nothing like that has happened in no, no, you know, very rarely in sport yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like Eric Liddell, you know, the whole. Yes, the whole but yeah. that's that's the closest I can I can yeah, think yeah, of. A, you know, yeah, people yeah. say they've seen it all. There you <laughs> go. And Derek Dugan was uh, the first to introduce um, when he was manager of Kettering Town to introduce a shirt sponsorship. Uh, the ads on the front was of the shirt. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and it wasn't allowed at the. It wasn't allowed at the time. And he had a thing. He had a sponsorship deal for when he was the manager of Kettering Town just after he'd finished playing with I think Kettering Tyres, and he 
persuaded them to just put the word Kettering yeah. so that it it's, it, it, it didn't oh, okay. count as an advert. It can, It was like, no, it's just the name of the club. But, but, but that, it was the logo of it, Kettering Times. And was it like on a tyre mark? <laughs> as if they'd been run as over. As if they'd been run over. <laughs> well, Wolves did have a strip, a very horrible strip. Good, yeah, Goodyear. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, with, obviously, but they had one strip once that had sort of tyre tire oh, marks yes. it was extreme just looked like yeah. they hadn't been washed yes it was a very nasty strip there, there Dugan was, was very active in the PFA but one of the one of the very early sort of PFA it, yeah, yes yeah. he certainly people. was he certainly was he probably was the direct precursor to um, Graham Taylor Gordon Taylor well, Gordon, Taylor. Gordon Taylor because Gordon Taylor's been there was, was had been there for just about forever yeah, wasn't yeah. he yeah, yeah. he's only just gone and, and of course Derek Dugan was on the first ever World Cup panel was he not was he? When, yes, they, when they invented, they invented in-studio punditry. Uh, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he yeah, yeah. lost a leg after we uh, post-playing. Uh, post-playing. No, that's Derek Dooley. No, Derek. Do- no, Derek Dugan did lose a leg. He lost a leg to really? illness. Did he? Yeah. Der- Derek yeah. Do is a bad way to start your name for well, leg wise. <laughs> leg wise, yeah, not wise. <laughs> I'm wondering now whether without away goals counting for anything, he might not have lost that leg. <laughs> um, everything would have been. Everything would have everything. been. Anyway, butterfly. You're going to move seamlessly from Dugan to Bully, aren't let's, you? Let's not laugh about that. Oh, Steve yes. Ball. Of course. I, I want to go Ball. to Steve Great. Ball. Who, who, Ball's who, number nine. Well, Steve Ball, for for people of a certain age and other ages, probably <laughs> has uh, he. he he transcends an awful lot of what being a footballer is because he never left Wolves. Wolves gave him his chance. He'd been at West Brom, gave him his chance, and how many times he played for England? He did this, that, yeah, the other yeah. way, all through the leagues with him. Didn't he Didn't play for he... England in the th- as a third division player and he, as a second he, division? He did. Yeah. He played he went yeah. to the nineteen ninety World Cup. Of course. He went to the nineteen ninety. And after World Cup, after Italian he? ninety, he got all sorts of offers. I mean, yeah. he could have gone to Italy. He could, yeah. and he's like, no, <laughs> I'm staying. No, no, I've been I'm, there. Bugger <laughs> off into Milan. I'm going to stay here. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. kind of why. He became yeah, such a legend, yeah. not just the goals. Yeah, really. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. well, yes. Well, you know, you can't, even if you're in Milan, you just can't get back to Canuck for closing time. Well, you can't. Yeah. You can't get scratchings. I don't <laughs> think you can get no, board scratchings well, easily. No, not easily. Well, no, I suppose they'd have to be sent out. They'd have to. Be sent. <laughs> I don't think there are. Paul Lintz had them flown in. <laughs> and I'm fairly sure the pork scratching isn't something that you describe as perishable. <laughs> no, <laughs> they can no, sit under a cooker for quite a lot of time. <laughs> I think Italians would like a pork scratching. I think they would too. I think they would. So that they have a very romantic to... sounding name for them as well. <laughs> so that brings us to your nickname, which was obviously Mark Billingham, and you became Bully when you played for us. And we used to have this great when we played in a team called Les Remonts. We went on tour to Paris, did we not, Mark? Oh, and, we did. And we we set up we set up with two big centre forwards to frighten the opposition until yeah. yeah. the game started, <laughs> <laughs> because we had two massive centre forwards neither of whom really liked to head the ball as far as I can remember you know how you know how you remember one golden the only golden moment probably yeah. and I just I mean I, you know that tour from a, from a playing perspective was a bit of a disaster I think we just got trounced every game I more. think, we, I think um, we were we were ahead with with 20 minutes to yeah, go in the first we got first, found out in the first yeah, we got found out against the Guardian de Prison de Friend which is the one we really guards. thought we'd win yeah. because we looked at them and they all looked a lot older and than we, we were, were. Fi- and we they were had five- big key rings <laughs> we were 5'3 yes, way down <laughs> way down with these massive keys everywhere <laughs> and had to stop every 10 yards and open a door before they could move on <laughs> yeah but we were asked to play th- we, the, the thing asked us to play three games in five days which yeah. was kind of beyond us we lost to, we yeah. lost to a, a, like a, a genuine non-league team I think in the midweek yeah. well and we were a genuine a, non-league team <laughs> well no, no I mean you know in their pyramid kind of thing oh, I see what you mean yeah, yeah, and yeah. then uh, to a 
to a team of very old men. Yes. We lost six <laughs> nil on the Friday. Yeah. All of whom I think may have been collaborators. That's how old. <laughs> that's how old they were. Well, I remember from that from that week that we spent in Paris, it was a, a joyful time. I it was a lovely. lovely um, week. I remember go, the two of us, Mark, going out for a walk on, on an afternoon when we didn't have a game, and near the hotel where we were staying, and going into like an, just to have a look into an interesting looking antique sort of a shop. And the brick shop- a brack, <laughs> brick a brack, yeah. And and the, the lady who ran the shop coming over and uh, talking to us um, in uh, in sort of broken English, and she asked us, uh, "said Are you footballers?" And we looked at one another and went. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> the, we, only, the only time in our lives we can answer this question in the affirmative. Well, yeah. talking about my, my well, great two, moments, your great moments. You oh, the great moment great was the, a goal. No, I just remember the, yeah. a goal I scored on that tour, which was uh, who, who was in goal? I can't remember who was in goal. In Lindsay. our goal, Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay Kennard. But um, a goal kick, which inexplicably I rose up to head on from the sort of halfway line to you yeah. and you bombed up the right wing and crossed it and I scored yeah. it was one it was I very did, route one I but did, it was yeah, I'm not sure about the bombing okay you, you ambled you yes. ambled down I, the wings. I invented walking football mate but, but the, my, my, my two favourite memories from that thing are the are the <laughs> David Badil Dave of course I mean, you, it's a story you've probably told no, on, on this show many times but, but, but it, depends, Arthur Smith, well, it depends which David Badil story just, well, it, was, it was the rest and it oh, was, yeah, and okay. it was because Arthur Smith was the only one of us who could speak fluent French. Oh, he no, had Rob, to go Rob, in. Rob oh, to, well, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I just remember. I remember it, that Arthur could. So he was the one that would go in and basically assure them that we weren't football hooligans. That we mm. were. Oh no, they're just writers and actors and comedians. Yeah. They'll be all right. Yeah. Look at them. Just, <laughs> look at them. Yeah. They showed a video of the game. The night yeah, and in you come. <laughs> so we got in, and and David Deal ordering steak tartare, tartare and not knowing what it was, sending it back because it wasn't cooked. And there you go. Barely believable. Steak tartare, well done. But also him. Sharing a room with Patrick Marlborough, which That's just right, became yeah. the sort of sick bay, sending out for doctors at three in the morning. Well, we had, didn't we? Arthur, we had Arthur's and... go, uh, girlfriend at the time, Sarah, with us, and she, she, as a joke, she would say that she was the physio, and she, and, you know, <laughs> but Patrick and and David went down with cramp in that first game, remember? And they were going, Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> as though she could do something, yeah. as though she could do something, and uh, and it was embarrassing. Wasn't it? I wish they should have asked me because, as you know, medicine's my first love. Yeah, <laughs> but the French guys were throwing themselves on the ground going Sarah, Sarah trying to get to come and, and the her. drawing which and the, and oh, the drawing the charcoal portrait the charcoal portrait which seemed well, to take hours I, I think what we can do that we, I think we could put that up on Twitter probably oh, later yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well, we, well not now obviously just, <laughs> just to just to fill people in on what happened we were in Montmartre weren't we and we were sat out, outside at a cafe and uh, Arthur w- went up to one of the street, a street artist, a, a lady whose name I know because it's on the portrait is Aurora Coley. Wow! And she arranged to, to draw a team picture of us by letting us into her garret yeah. <laughs> one at a time, <laughs> and then she, and then she would do the drawings. Yeah. And and you know some of these these are people I'd known for years and years and years. <laughs> people I knew very very, and I can't I can't to this day tell <laughs> which of us is meant to be meant to be which. You see, but you interestingly, yeah. it, I promise this is interesting because I stopped you from talking. Yeah. Now, um, Rob, our friend who was on the trip. Um, after after um, we dug out this portrait because Andy Smart wrote an article about it in the non-league paper. Okay, and and uh, we dug out this picture and Rob found Aurora Coley has a, had a website 
with some proper, you know, genuine art on it. Right. Not ours. Not, this. not our picture. Not this. No. And and uh, yeah. But I seem to remember it taking hours and oh, then hours costing a fortune. An arm and also, of course, a leg. <laughs> yeah. I think Derek Dugan's leg. Derek, Derek, Derek Dugan's leg. Didn't we subsequently find it was bring your child to work day? <laughs> <laughs> and she had a three-year-old daughter. But it was it was a lovely it. week. And it I remember that the, even though the games, you know, from a from a winning and losing perspective, were a bit of a disaster. But I remember we all, you know, lovely meals. Oh, afterwards with the team. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a and family. I should say well, you know Nick has been uh, has been dissing your record as a uh, as a centre forward but I did look up the statistics scored which more than me don't tell me he scored uh, bully scored 18 goals in 24 appearances uh, hey and yeah, uh, but some of those games would have been like 60 nil wouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all right I'm yeah. just I'm going to go go with on that. and watch you, my... well, you scored 12 and 20 uh, yeah, which yeah. is pretty good yeah. it's pretty good and Rocky 16 and 16 what were the assists? <laughs> do you know? I, we didn't just, do that, did we? We just heard about days. one. Yeah, there was one. Well, do you know? I don't think assists had been invented when we were on this tour. No, they no, didn't they, talk they, about no. assists. And actually, I don't think there were many assists in our team. <laughs> I can't imagine me passing it or you passing it or Rob Harley. Anyway, this is all getting wild. Anyway. What year would this have been, by the way? This would have been 91. Wow. Okay. And yeah, and you mentioned Lindsay being in in goal when we wrote Bostock's Cup some years later. Yes. We made the goalkeeper uh, Kennard as a yes. tribute to Lindsay, and? and the centre forward who was played by Rocky was called Mark Bull, and he scored the winning goal in the cup final. Oh, so there you are, there you as go. a tribute to you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so that, now that doesn't mean you have to mention both of us in your next book. Okay. Do you but do it kind of does. <laughs> do you do that thing where some authors do? I, don't, I can't remember. Oh, it's a charity where, thing. Yeah. yeah, where you can pay money to have your name well, as a character. Well, not anymore because it started... I did, I did quite a lot in the early days and it was fine. Sometimes it was preposterous because people will will win or they'll bid enough yes. to, to... And then they'll have a ridiculous name. But just well, do you know what I mean? Like Ramon Starfucker. I, well, thank okay. you, Bob Mills. Well, there's, there's, two, there's two things about that. What, so uh, somebody won one, and I can remember their name. They were called Cornell Stammeran. Right? And you go, oh my god, which is such like an American-sounding yeah. name. As it happened, the book that was coming out next had some bits set in America. I thought, fine, I'll just stick in a you know detective yeah, Cornell Stammeran. And I'm Cornell, reading the audiobooks. I do my own audiobooks, yeah, and I'm yeah. in the studio. You know, six months later, doing the audiobook, and I go, uh, and it was then the Cornell Stammeran, and the producer on the other side of the glass just stopped and went. Yeah. And I went, he went, I did an audiobook last week and there was a Cornell stamp. No, no. And it turned out this person is like he a bought- serial. <laughs> <laughs> they buy their way into as many books as they can, fantastic. which is fantastic. If, you know, if I'd thought of that, I would have done that. That's a great thing. Can you make them, can they not be a character? Can they be an illness? Well, sometimes it works to your advantage. Cornell Stammeran yes. syndrome. I'm really sorry, but I'm afraid you've got Cornell Stammeran and now, there's not a lot we could do. It's sort of the, the, the publishing equivalent of like health and safety and whatever it is. Yes. You, be, there are so many forms that you have to fill in and, and they and they start to go well you know you can't kill them off and you can't make them a, a sex worker what? you can't Why make not? them over. and you just go do you know what it's it's just kind of not oh worth I see it. what you mean okay yeah yeah because it do you, they start a, to demand a say a in what yeah in a, in a steer yeah is it a bit like when you get done by the news of the world and you say yeah okay you can say that I went out with this hooker as long as she says I was good in bed there's this thing called accidental libel which is that if you if let's say you have a doctor yeah. and you call yeah. that doctor so and so they then check that there isn't a doctor called that uh, if if 
if there's more than you know, if there's lots of them, then you're absolutely fine. If there happens to be one consultant anaesthetist right. with the same name as your character, you can't you can't you see, use them. There's all sorts Dr. of stuff. Doctor No, that's playing it safe, wasn't he? <laughs> well, they had a terrible time, didn't he, with some with some Japanese doctors who. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, the story. But, I read a story. I, I had the honour of working with Honor Blackman in a in a terrible terrible sitcom many years ago. Oh, but she you. told me that because of course he was pussy galore. She told she me that the only way they were allowed to get away with that was they had to find a real living person who was called Pussy Galore and they found one I'm God knows how and God knows where that was the only way they got away with it did they look in the Ian Fleming's address book perhaps <laughs> yeah they didn't, look, they didn't look very hard they didn't look very do you hard. ever use uh, Wolves players names uh, I don't I mean what I did use very early on was a lot of comedians names and those are, those are some of the regular right, characters right, right. Well, I mean, Otis Cannelloni <laughs> the, the serial killer Senor Cannelloni we meet again no but Thorne is named after Paul Thorne who I, who I was knocking around with a lot oh, at the time when I started writing the books and there's a Brigstock and a Kitson oh, and a various Brigstock is the boss isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's Thorne's boss but, that, but the, the best story about that sort of people bidding for stuff I had a book set in largely in Florida and so the publishers came up with this great competition whereby you could win the chance to have lunch with me in Florida no, right so so people were, were entering this competition it was all just a bit of a marketing you know flim flam so this the day came and I was over in Florida with my wife and we went to meet this couple that had won the competition and yeah. flown over to Florida and had a look and we sit down the restaurant thinking this might be a bit awkward be a bit right so we sat down with them and they were oh this is great fantastic in this kind of oyster bar and uh, then my wife said to one of them something like so which which of Mark's books do you like because they had to the competition was something like we like Mark's books because, because. Yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so which is your favourite and he went we never read any never, <laughs> never read one and we went okay and they went no we're um, we're compassed <laughs> What do you mean? And they went, oh, this year we've won a fridge freezer, haven't we? Haven't we, Colin? We've won. They literally just, they hadn't got a clue who I was, didn't care about the books, and that was a very awkward lunch. (laughs) But anyway. I think he's rather brilliant. (laughs) Why wouldn't they be? No, I suppose. Fair enough. enough. And you were were in Florida anyway, or you went to Florida? No, I was in in Florida. I live out there a bit of the year, and so uh, I set a book there, which, you know, tax tax deductible research I'm going to write a book about a Stoke season ticket holder yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I set one of my books in, in Streatham what can I, what can I retrospectively do get the freedom of Streatham the freedom, the freedom of Streatham, freedom of Streatham. Right. Mark it's been absolutely brilliant having you and uh, I'm hoping that you'll come back and we can do some stuff that other people will understand yeah yeah. it's always difficult well, I've not seen you guys for so long so. I know, I know. It, it has been absolutely brilliant and, and I'm not even going to bother plugging your books they don't need plugging they're so fantastic and I really enjoyed the rabbit hole, which was the, the slightly the most shorter recent one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I haven't started that one yet. Yeah, so yeah. I read, no, I read no, it ages ago. Yeah, don't see. I'm, I'm a big fan of Mark and you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Cornell okay. Stammerans in it. Imagine he should be. He should be in a title. I think everybody should now put Cornell Stammeran in, whether he enters a competition or not. So from Mark Billingham, Chris England, me Nick Hancock, and Cornell Stammeran, that is the end of this week's podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.